Hi, Jay. <laughs> we are recording this under odd circumstances today. Yeah. The power is out at Studio South. Yeah, we're in Studio South for and, the first uh, time in a long. We haven't been here in a while. I know. Yeah, yeah it's been a while. Uh, so we it's are frigidly. We're both wearing scarves. Yeah, I I'm haven't not worn joking. a scarf in a long time, yeah. and I actually had a scarf today. Yeah. Uh, uh, Fantastic. Sitting in the dark. I look like I am um, a chaperone on a ski trip. Yes. In that I am not, I'm not dressed for skiing, but I'm dressed for the Warm. coldness of being at a ski lodge. Yeah. Uh, I got a like a ski cap on and a and a scarf and two jackets, like an inner shell jacket yep. and then a, a puffy jacket. And uh, you look like you are uh, on the way to a book signing for your latest <laughs> novel. Of Dude, a, that is a high compliment yeah. for me. That I'll take it. <laughs> You've written the great American novel this about a family next... that has fallen into disarray. Yeah, uh, when the multiple affairs of both family members has come out. I I just recently got these tortoise shell glasses and yeah. I immediately felt smarter. So you're like wearing like, like a brown sports jacket. Yeah, a uh, like uh, plaidish. Yeah, but like gingham w- gingham shirt. You have a burgundy. Uh, scarf, which is only draped around your neck. It's yeah, not it's not actually doing yeah. anything. You have your hair uh, styled today. Yep. You are not Spiked. wearing a hat or anything like that. You have loafers on. Yep, uh, which are like suede loafers. I'd like to invite you all to my next book <laughs> signing uh, <laughs> on the harsh realities of Pittsburgh winter. Yeah, <laughs> or you're an economist about to uh, deliver oh, a yeah. TED talk. Yeah, it's uh, lovely. Mm. So oh. now, now you're now you're with us. Hooray! Uh, well, hey Jay. Hey Tyler. Uh, I have a question for you. This was horrible putting these cookies in front yeah, of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your question? So as we are, uh, we're finishing up our trilogy of trilogies here. Yes. Uh, and the reason for the timing of this is that we are um, on the eve, uh-huh. uh, more or less. Um, Eagerly anticipated. Figuratively, almost literally, of the final film in the Skywalker saga that is Star Wars Episode Nine. So much so, may I say, that I'm almost ready to declare a social media fast. Ooh. Because I'm so scared. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is when, like, they start showing, like, little clips. Yeah, and, like, little. little and and ooh, fake spoilers. I mean, like, yeah. like half spoilers. So, anyway, we'll, we'll, t- we'll get into that in, just, yeah, yeah, in yeah. just a moment. But there's the Midnight Show. Yes. Which is coming. Which, actually, the ridiculous thing. So, it, it's being released on the 20th. But there, there are midnight shows on the nineteenth that start at seven p.m. I was gonna say it used to be understandable, yeah, that at midnight you could go, and maybe like they started to drift it back a little bit, like eleven thirty or something yeah. like well, that. Well, and I remember they so they were it used to be twelve oh one, yeah, like it was like you had to be in there. And I had friends who then got into a show and their tickets at twelve o'clock, and I was like, we got in early. It's like, well, boy, side note, yeah, because we don't have enough of those. On I this don't, podcast. I don't know that we've had uh, front notes yet. Yeah. We're only on the side. <laughs> I did a trip this past week to Austin, Texas, wherein yeah. I flew from Pittsburgh to Atlanta to Austin. Yeah. Okay. I'm on board. Yeah. That's one hour back time zone in Austin from okay. Pittsburgh. Okay. No, I thought you talked Atlanta. I no. Was like, no. No, no. Atlanta was same time. I was only there for a hot minute, and then I came back. Yeah. But then, I don't know why, Southwest Airlines put me through to Denver. Colorado. Oh, I love the Denver airport. It's great airport. Oh, uh, I mean, it's great, and it's bonkers. Did you? Oh, I wish I'd have known you'd been in there. There's so many <laughs> weird things about the Denver airport this, to show you. Yeah, about. did you see the weird murals? Yeah, of the like parade of uh, mothers carrying dead babies and being chased by Nazis. Yeah, did you see that? I did. Oh. And they, they caught me in the, like oh. what? Oh, it's so great. Earth. There's yeah, yeah. There without context, there's this series of murals which are bananas 
um, and and a lot of them, and it's a it's a series that it's like war, 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 peace. Uh huh. But they're not together, and so right. if you, ju- you and they're just like them. in the baggage claim area. So if you just stumble upon, it's like, why is there a giant faceless stormtrooper stabbing a dove with a bayonet? It's well, very Banksy-ish. Yeah, yeah. And, but but Bank, it's, but like, it's a little like, more. Um, it's that level of provocativity. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's like more murally than graffiti art. Yeah, right, right, uh, right. And there's one where there's like a Jewish girl who has a Star of David and an American Indian and an African American all in coffins, while the stormtrooper is standing over top of them. And it's like, what is happening? So and then the last wild. one is this weird. Um, Aryan German kid wearing later hosen who is beating swords and plowshares, and that's the peaceful part. Yeah, but it's still like white people are going to save everybody. Yeah, and right. Yeah. yeah, and it used to have this weird. There's another one that I th- I'm not sure if it's still there, but it had this weird like almost Jesusy Buddha looking figure that had this mystery weed over top. Of <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the Denver airport guys, and it's shaped like a swastika from above. So how about that? So how about um, that? But but here's what I did that was horrible at the Denver airport. So I'm an hour behind. Yeah. There's all kinds of also weird symbols all over the Denver airport, like embedded in the ground. There's, yeah. Oh, you know, it's, it's it's really it's there's a lot of trip. I'm not into conspiracy theories, but if you want to, if you're traveling to the Denver airport, Wikipedia that sucker. Yeah. Because there's so many. It's an hour outside of Denver, which makes no sense. Right. Uh, there's a giant. Um, I don't know if you left the Denver airport, but uh-huh. there's, oh, there's a giant stallion that's like 20 feet tall this like statue well the denver Broncos. anatomically correct the statue Ayo. that's out rearing up and it killed the sculptor meaning the statue that statue did yes it fell on him and killed him and they still put it up wow yeah um the last thing about the denver airport <laughs> is that the trams did you have to travel on the tram no one it, they have there's it's a it's a lovely airport uh but the trams have the best music there's really like, yeah when you're uh, arriving at your uh you're getting close, like you get on the tram and you're arriving at your place, and there's like rock music. It goes down, 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 down. It sounds like discotheque, but it's not uh, by YouTube. Yeah. And then uh, when you're getting in, or um, when it's about to leave, it plays like this real neat jazz music. But it's like a stinger. It's like it's like a like a ringtone. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was really. I spent a lot of time at the Denver Airport one time, and it really st- stayed with me. I, I can tell. Anyway, yeah. side note from side note, subtracted back note. to. Yeah, but so uh, while in Denver, which is now two time zones away from Pittsburgh. Yep. I watched the Penguins game on my iPad. I could stream the Penguins game. Hey. But so the Penguin game was going on at seven o'clock Eastern time. Yep. It was currently five o'clock Denver time. Hey. It felt to me like Were it they was playing the six Avalanche? o'clock. Because that no. would be exciting. Is that the no. Colorado team? Yep. Hey, I did it. Good work, man. Yeah, I That's thought good. I made that up. Yeah, no, you nailed it. <laughs> they playing the mountain mountain cats? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, okay. No. I, I, I when I got home to Pittsburgh at eleven thirty, I was like, What time is it? Yeah. I have no earthly idea what time it is. Did you watch the game in its entirety? I got two periods in. Okay. Two periods in. Well enough to know that the Penguins soundly beat the uh, Phoenix Coyotes. Oh, nice. Playing. Nice. Arizona Coyotes. Oh, Arizona. I thought it was Pahenix. I've never heard it said out loud. <laughs> po- anyway, Pahenix. so midnight showings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That's where we were. <laughs> so um, my question was, what name, uh, I mean, it's twofold. What are some other midnight showings mm-hmm. that you have gone to? And what was the best um and maybe it's maybe it was a Star Wars movie. What was your best experience at a midnight showing? And then what are just some other movies that you remember doing actual midnight showings for? Well, I think I, I've done a whole bunch of midnight showings. They tend to be obviously for the nerdy and the the science fi- fiction type. Like I don't think anybody saw like 
the social network, sorry, Jimmy, at a midnight showing, right? Yeah. Like Why that. would anyone want to see that? Right. <laughs> it's a great movie. Yeah. It uh, would be interesting to see, like, what movies had a midnight showing. Yeah. Because, like, Shawshank Redemption definitely didn't. No. One, it wasn't a big hit at first, but, uh, like, a movie but, like but that, yeah, not going to have The more serious showing. drama probably doesn't have yeah. a midnight showing. And um, it is interesting with, like, the big blockbuster is going to have one, and then the cult nothing is going to have one. Yeah. So you've got Rocky Horror Picture Show yeah. with midnight showings and... Avengers Infinity War. That's what I was going to say. I feel like it's one of the Avengers stories I can remember. One of the Marvel movies um, doing a midnight showing too. But like, I just love that experience because A, more people are willing to like clap and applaud yeah, things. Yeah, everyone at there a at a midnight showing. showing is there, not just like, eh, what do you want to do? We want to go see it? Like, they are intentionally right. there. It feels not to. I don't mean this in the super religious way. It feels like church. Yeah. Like it's everybody. It's not just the movie is playing at me. Yeah. There's this kind of like communal thing. And you're all experiencing. Yeah. It, there is. An, I mean, one of the things that we miss in seeing movies in our house, which Jimmy had brought up at a, in our movie one from long ago, um, that we to see it with an audience is very different. And very few movies now do we get to see with an audience. When I I just saw Knives Out last week. I want to see it's it so somewhere. great. And we saw it at 10.30 in the morning to a sold-out theater. Wow. Now, our theater has redone all the all the actual theaters, so there's, like, maybe 60 seats in it, so it's not... But it was still, still a full room of yeah, people watching thing. this movie in the morning. Uh, well, I feel it like... Was, it was fantastic. I feel like that's part of it, too, is that the midnight showings tend to be more full. Yeah. Um, They're electric. Right. Boogie, and, and, boogie, boogie. Yeah. So, like, if you're in a theater with two people or five people or even, like, ten people, yeah. if something shocking or funny or whatever that elicits a response to you from the screen happens. Yeah. It's like five or ten people going, <laughs> Yeah. But like if something <laughs> really funny happens in a full room of even sixty people, it's like we're all laughing oh, yeah. together. When everybody goes, <gasps> I right. still remember and I think I said this when when I saw Lord of the Rings for the first time, um, the Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. That when there's a scene towards the end where Aragorn uh, like cuts the head off of one of the Urukai, the the main bad guy Urukai, which is just an orc. So it's you aren't emotionally invested in this person, but he's a bad monster, and he just like kind of fighting with him, and it seems like he's gonna lose, and then all of a sudden he like swings his sword and cuts his head off, and it's silent. Like the music drops out, and everyone in the audience goes, <gasps> and I yeah. went, <laughs> <laughs> so it was like you only hear me doing like a Tigger laugh <laughs> as everybody in the audience just goes, <gasps> yeah. And the same thing, actually, for, um, I may have said this last week, that when I saw uh, Attack of the Clones in the theater for the mm-hmm. first time, and Yoda comes out, and it's clear that Cartoon yep. Yoda is going to uh, do this bonkers um, uh, lightsaber fight, um, I went, <laughs> like, I, I turned into a weird cartoon character of giddiness when yeah. I get real excited in the movie theater. And, and even like the moments that I'm thinking about Avengers Affinity War, that movie ends kind of like Empire in that the heroes lost in a way that you know there's another movie and they're going to come back and they're going to fix it. Yeah. Uh, but still, at that midnight showing, it took everybody a good while to get up out of their seats. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like we all just kind of sat with the heaviness of what just happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was another good moment. What uh, What's the weirdest movie you saw at a midnight show? I don't think I've seen anything outside the genres of Marvel or Star Wars. And I'm trying to think of, I've seen all the Star Wars. Batman, Superman. Yeah, I think I've seen all the Star Wars on the earliest show that I could. I saw all the Harry Potters that way. Yeah. Like at midnight. And I would see Harry Potters with youth group kids. So I think every Harry Potter 
I saw an opening night with high school kids uh, and, and or my wife, depending on kids we had and people who could watch with yeah. us. I, uh, I saw Man of Steel. Uh, I will defend that movie when we come around to doing a Superman episode, which I'm begging for. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, ne- uh, we definitely need to do yeah. one. Yeah. But people like straight up dressed up for the Man of Steel midnight yeah. showing out here. Yeah. In a way that even I and my ner- high level nerdiness kind of went. Ugh. Yeah. And then you're kind of stuck there. Yeah. Like that. And especially <laughs> I remember that with the the it was interesting there, because um, Phantom Menace came out 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so there's a, actually a lot of stuff talking about the 20 year anniversary of Phantom Menace. Um, there's a great. Uh, podcast called Film Spotting that is their most recent episode, which actually is not out at the time of this recording, but it will be out by the time you hear this. Yep, uh, it's a that's a great podcast. Listen to it, Film Spotting, uh, and they're they're going to have a re-review of the of the Phantom Menace because it's the 20th anniversary. Um, and they just did of uh, nine movies from 1999, and that's the last one they're doing. Yeah, um, and uh, one of I mean they th- it's not the nine best movies. It's just it's nine. nine. <laughs> but there have been a lot of like retrospectives and on YouTube you can watch like kind of the 20 year thing and seeing these um, uh, the archival footage of the fans getting ready for it I had forgotten how much I was in that camp of like we just people were ready to love it yep. before it came out and so I remember being at that theater and seeing people who were fully dressed up and when I went and I thought oh I should have dressed up I didn't even think of this and then as the credits rolled even then where I was still trying to convince myself it was the best movie I'd ever seen thinking well I kind of am glad like it, it's nothing more awkward than seeing a sad Jedi <laughs> walk, or, or just a kind of nonplussed yeah. like huh a, 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 a teary eyed Chewbacca yeah 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 just someone someone with Darth Maul makeup on kind of walking That's out of running. theater just, just like reevaluating their choices in life yeah uh, and that that was the moment where I was like oh yeah I'm never dressing up for one of these yeah um and I mean, between Star Wars and Harry Potter and things like that, there's there's plenty of dressing up. I'll wear the shirt, like I'm, I'll probably wear a Star Wars shirt, but yeah. with a hoodie, so that I can zip it up if I need to and unzip if if, <laughs> if it's a great. Well, success. see, I just dress like Clark Kent for everyday life. Oh yeah, there so you go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, any funny. Superman movie, yeah. as long as you have glasses. You're I mean, Clark if Kent. if I had a Superman shirt on under this right now, would you be at all surprised? No. Yeah. I assume you do. <laughs> well, I've been Jay <laughs> and I've been Tyler, and this is Roughing the, the Passer. too far into it um our previous episode uh, was had an addendum to it yes the mini so um, because we who'd have thought that these two uh middle-aged guys have very clear ideas about uh <laughs> this movie that ruined our childhood yeah and so it, it was important to bring in a different voice uh from yes. a different generation the who webmaster. experienced these these movies in a different way uh and so rachel jones uh uh, contributed some some wonderful things, which I think are probably reflective of a lot of different people who had a different experience than us. So uh, we're going to try to be mindful of that today. But 
my good friend Jay. It, it came about very quickly. It was really yeah. it was like a twelve hour turnaround from Rachel commented on it, and I said, "Hey, we should probably record that for the podcast." And also, it was a good experiment to see if we could do um, a, a remote recording, meaning we were in two different locations, which we were. In case you didn't figure that out, I think we kind of said it. You on were the hinting event. at it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, she was in St. Louis, and I was in Pittsburgh. It still is the case at, at the yeah, time of this recording. At the, at the very moment. Um, but Jay wasn't able to, it, because it was so last minute, I said, hey, do you have half an hour? And, and he thought he might, but he didn't. And it was actually, I'm not sure we could have done in three different locations. Yeah, right. We it would have been we... messed up. Anyway, um, what were your thoughts? So first of all, I thoroughly appreciated uh, having another voice come in and be on the podcast and the conversation Absolutely. that comes from that, because I assume I am wrong most of the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and not and just you, like both of us. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah, me. you are. You are. Yeah. You are wrong most, <laughs> most of the time. Most of the time. Uh, yeah. So to have to be able to make space for for other people to come in, I, I want more of that for our podcast. So like, if you hear us say something that you like, uh, tell us. Yeah. Uh, and oh yeah. As we figure out technology, we can make well, more of those also, little things happen. Th- I mean, not to really tell. This wasn't a planned like, hey, look at us. But this is now. I mean, in a sense, we've had two different episodes that we've had responses to. Yep. Uh, we had some great response to our uh, great and accurate, I mean, like really apt response to the Halloween episode, which we then were able to, it helped us to, to shape the next episode. Yep. And this one too. I mean, we have the opportunity to do this. So and don't forget the great hot dog debate of, of <laughs> 2019. Yeah. I can't remember. What was that about? It's a hot dog <laughs> sandwich. <laughs> and no, it's not. Uh, but anyway. Of, of course it is. No, whatever. Uh, <laughs> is a pig in a blanket a, a sandwich? No. But it's open on both sides. That's not the definition. <laughs> you're you're a fundamentalist. I really am. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I I I. So that's number one. Number two, I appreciated being a total listener on that one. Yeah. Uh, to 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 just enjoy that uh, as a non-participant was a lot of fun. Also, just as a random extension for that, like this now, I it was a little experiment to see if that was possible. Yeah. And now knowing that it is possible. Uh, my favorite, I said this quickly in that, but I'm saying it again. My favorite thing about this podcast is the guests. Yes. I love Jay. Uh, and, and I love your opinion on stuff. I love being able to talk with you and stuff. I know what my thoughts are, so I'm less interested in those, uh, despite my propensity to, to spread them far and near. Um, but I, I have loved what I love about this podcast is the opportunity to hear different voices and hear different perspectives from folks. And, Amen. and uh, you and I don't always align. And so that's when I love when we have different perspectives on things. But oftentimes we do. And yeah. those to me are a little less interesting because just two guys saying, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> um, yeah. And so um, uh, that's a long way of saying that we now have a very easy way to actually have guests on the show who are not in the Pittsburgh area, as long as you have access to a somewhat decent recording yep. uh, apparatus. And so uh, if you have any interest in being on the podcast, hit us up because yep. uh, we have, we would love, and we will start reaching out more actively to other people. But d- just because we don't reach out to you doesn't mean you shouldn't reach out to us. So if you, Absolutely. if you have a topic you would like to talk about, uh, we would love to talk about it with you. Yeah. So uh, yeah, let us know if you have an interest in being on the show, we'd love to talk with you. Even if you're in the Pittsburgh area but can't get to us really quickly, yeah. we could probably still do that. We can do it remotely almost anywhere. Almost anywhere. Yeah. The world is our oyster. Yeah. Uh, so all that to, is to say. Hey. Uh, by the by. By the by. Uh, from Iowa. <laughs> that I think you put it very well towards the end, and I forget exactly how you said it, but I was going to try and steal your phrasing. My problem is with the prequels that, yes, all these uh, different themes are explored. Uh, the relationship of power and control. 
you know, the dark side, the the <laughs> the whole George W. Bush implications of the third yeah. one. Yeah. They're all there. Yeah. My frustration is how poorly executed they all are. Yeah. Um like I and this was my problem with Batman versus Superman that that you could have done it so much better. Yeah. And and it's not to diminish what was done. Yeah. It's not that there's bad themes in there. No, it's no. just they're not one. They're not the best themes, right? Like as you said before, Batman and Superman could have been so much better. Oh. There's so many other things they could have done that they didn't. Yeah, and that what they chose to do was not inherently bad on paper, right? But it's bad on film. And and and, and I would make the same argument with Man of Steel. Yeah, Man of Steel. Yeah, <laughs> Man of Steel. Man, Man of Steel. Man of Steel. Man of Steel. Like going down chip chop Uh But <laughs> that's the Pittsburgh yeah, accent yeah. for our oh international listeners. <laughs> um, but 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 the reason I get so fired up about it is because I care so much about the Star Wars universe, yeah. right? Like I would not Sharknado is oh, a horrible absolutely. movie, absolutely, yeah. And I'm not going to have a podcast flaming Sharknado because I don't care. Yeah. Um, well, that's I think it, when we can miss that in the era of uh, internet trolling and stuff like that, where there's some people who just love to argue. Yeah. And then there there are some people who th- their passion is not about being right. Their passion is about caring about the material yeah. about the art and i have uh, and i did i kind of said this is the same and I, I think that i would speak for you more or less than that i don't hate the prequels no i i find them okay i just am so disappointed by what they aren't i wish they could be better and it's not like tyler needs them to be this thing i i think objectively they could be better yeah there are definitely stories that i would like that maybe not everybody would like but that's to say that even the story that they chose to tell is not told very well. Right. And but that doesn't mean that there's not a good story in there. And right. So that's what I think Rachel was really good at pointing out. There is a good thing in here if you're willing to sift through the trash. Sure. Uh, and find some some and, great and, stuff. And here. they are still legitimately enjoyable. I mean, like I watched I rewatched almost every Star Wars movie. I still got Last Jedi to go. I didn't quite finish my yeah, homework yeah. for today. I need to watch that, too. Um I need to rewatch it. But like rewatching all through them, like they're still enjoyable movies. Like I didn't, I didn't feel like any of it was a waste of time. Yeah. Um, uh, episode two is a lot worse than I remember it being. It's pretty bad. Yeah. It's, it's I mean, I've always kind of said it's the worst movie, even though I rank yeah. number three lower because n- number three is a bigger disappointment to me. But uh, two is real rough. Could you see the? Could you see his beard? Could you see his fake beard? No, I didn't. I didn't oh, look that hard. Okay. Um, it's pretty. Once I you notice it, back, it's yeah. it's real bad. But even that one, like the love story. Is what centers that movie, and it's just it's so terrible. poorly acted. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, again, not to beat the dead horse on that. Like, I totally hear Rachel's point, and I think too they are good enough that if I had seen them at Rachel's age, my emotional connection to them would allow me to look past a lot of my frustrations with yeah. it. I was old enough to start being really critical and cynical, even then. So, ten years pass. Yes, a um, long, lonely. 10 in the years. midst of that. Um, George Lucas sells all of Lucasfilm, which yep. is all of the Star Wars movies and all the Indiana Jones movies and Howard the Duck. Yep. And Radioland Murders. Uh, the all of the, the just to get the it comprehensive sweet, sweet yeah. dollars in those in those <laughs> Lucasfilm movies. Uh, which by the way, they're still gonna make an Indiana Jones four. <laughs> It's I, coming. It's coming. I was in like gonna correct 22. you, and then there's nothing to correct. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew how the conversation <laughs> ended, so I just carried on. Oh boy. Yeah. I don't know. Are the prequels worse than the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? Wow, that's a great debate. Is Kingdom of the Crystal Skull worse 
than the aggregate of the prequels. I have an opinion, like but let's hold on I to it. I do too. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so uh, Lucasfilm has been sold to Disney for $4 billion. And I remember thinking, <gasps> it's happened. Uh, and at that point, that was be, I, I wasn't quite as down on George Lucas, but I was definitely, the prequels kind of turned me sour yeah. on George Lucas. I wasn't all the way where I am now, where I'm just a full-on cynic about George Lucas. Uh, Marsha Lucas, by the way, is her name. Hey, we yeah. found it. Oh, yeah. and, and she won an Oscar for editing. Every time you brought her up and I know. said, I, need I kept to thinking, her name. why don't I look at my phone right now? And then I was doing the same it, thing yeah. listening to last week. Yeah. 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 There were three people who edited it. I don't know that it's, it's her and two men. Yeah. I don't know the names of them, but they all won Oscars for it, which is even more infuriating that he has gone back to edit that so yeah. much. And anyway, that's yeah. a, that's yeah, from yeah, yeah. Let So, go. uh, um, uh, 10 years, 10 years pass. Uh, Lucas has sold, um, all the Star Wars stuff to Disney. Yeah. Uh, and people are like four billion dollars. Oh my goodness! But they've already made that money back. Yeah. Um, so they with interest, and they immediately say we are going to start making new Star Wars movies. Yep. We are going to come out with a new Star Wars movie every single year. Yeah. To which everyone said, "I cannot wait." Yes. They're not saying that anymore, but that's a we're jumping ahead a little bit. Well, that. yeah. There's there's a bigger picture so going on there. I think that there are. I th I think there's like 2013. Yeah. Uh, when the yeah. sale happens because it, it's not it's like 18 months that they have for this new one to come out yeah and we hear there's gonna be a new trilogy coming out boom and there's gonna be new standalone movies boom so every year will be trilogy movie standalone movie trilogy movie standalone movie for the rest of time yeah yep. this is now the world we live in there'll be a new star wars movie every year it'll be like james bond was for a little bit or fast and furious is now always it's, yeah it's, it's that fast and furious <laughs> life we're living but now with star Wars. or marvel i mean marvel or marvel yeah. yeah and and they owned marvel and i think that that's where they got a little too excited about it because yeah. marvel was like a new one every six months yep um it's just marvel the there was a difference in property anyway yeah um so we hear the new movie is going to be called the force awakens great to which title we are like yes yeah it's a it's a pretty great title it's yeah. not it's not uh, the Phantom Menace, which doesn't no, no. Really but in terms of like knowing that ten years have passed, yeah. a lot yeah. of people are waiting for this thing. The Force Awakens is kind of, and the first movie does this a lot. A lot of little like head nods to fans. Oh, absolutely. So we hear, uh, we hear that J.J. Abrams is going to direct it. We think, oh yes, like he did him. some great stuff with the Star Trek movies. And when yeah. Star Trek came out, he was doing a lot of interviews. And when they approached him to do Star Trek, he said, "I don't even like Star Trek. I want to do a Star Wars movie." Yeah. And I remember thinking, "Oh man, a Star Wars movie by J.J. Abrams would be pretty great." And so that's what we were going to get. I was like, "That's the perfect guy doing it." Yeah. So uh, May 2015, no December 2015. Uh huh. This thing comes out. Yeah, because Star Wars is a Christmas movie. Yeah. Hold on to that thought for later. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They weren't initially. The original ones were all, all came out in May. Summer, but yeah. now But now they come out in December. This is super exciting. Uh, I remember the first trailer comes out. It's mind-blowing. Yeah. You see images of stormtroopers. You First thing you see is this guy pop into frame. Music, startling. Great yep. teaser. Star Wars has always been good with the teaser yep. trailers. Uh, he looks like he's wearing a stormtrooper outfit. You see blazes of stormtrooper things. You see this rolling ball of a thing. All of it seems exciting. The movie comes out. I, what was your first? Ex what was your? What was your <laughs> your thoughts <laughs> when the movie came the out? The power's back on. Uh, so I did a midnight showing, mm -hmm. and I had some fears going into it with J.J. Abrams. A friend of mine joked, how many lens flares? Yeah. Oh, that was uh, the kind of the common things. Like, oh, it's be lens flares all over. Because that was, he did tons of them in Star Trek, and oh that was the big criticism gosh. of it. Oh, gosh. Yeah. 
And then the first scene, there's one. Yep. There's a big one. There's uh, some pretty good ones. With uh, with there's the, one in the trailer. Yeah, where that you see the red going by the the star destroyer. Yeah, when uh, uh, Kylo Ren's on the deck of the star destroyer. It's pretty awesome. Though. Yeah, but and that's when he did it right off the bat. I was like, oh no. Yeah. Uh, but it, he, he he kept it cool. My criticism. Well, no, this is where I ended with the first well, movie. Wait, wait, wait. Tell me first. You told me this uh, the other day. The very first line of the movie. Oh, the very first line of the movie is uh, the spoken very by first, Max von Sydow. Right. Yeah. Uh, the, is this will start to make things right. Yes. Uh, so and, true. And that's you know, again for those of us that grew up disillusioned from the prequels. Yeah. It was, and this is where, on the first movie, I give it a solid B plus, in that it is better. Yeah. Like abjectly better yep. than the prequels. Yep. However, my criticism with it. And I think I'm okay with this criticism is it's a new hope again. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Like in terms of just the plot line of the whole film, the, here's this droid that has this very important thing to this ragtag group of, and there's a big planet destroying base that they have to get. Like it's the same movie. They went with the same plot points, but I was okay with that. Yeah. Like if that's what it took to get the whole star Wars universe, which as soon as Disney buys anything, it's a universe, yeah. right? Like oh, so, yeah. like knowing that this was the first step in a much broader. They didn't pay four billion dollars for one movie, right? Yeah. Um, so they're, if, they're they're reestablishing. So I, I and, and this was my impression walking out of the theater, and it's still my impression today is that like if that's what it took to reset the whole franchise, so be it. Like yeah. that, it, it's a criticism, but one I'm willing to live with. Now, one of the things that that I I uh, I. I always pushed back against that a little bit. One, because so is Jedi, yeah. even more so. Yeah. In a less elegant way. Like now, we kind of embrace Je Jedi as canon, so we don't think about it. But Jedi literally has a second Death Star. At least yeah. this one's a different idea of a right. Death Star. Right. Um, Which I'm. Never mind. So <laughs> the and, and but here's the thing. Like I so I went into it. The first scene is the shakiest scene in the movie. Yeah. Like the first scene was like, oh, this kind of feels fake. Like it's a, like it's a little too clean. Like it's, it wasn't bad. It wasn't prequel bad, but it was like, oh, this feels just like a regular movie. It doesn't yeah. feel it doesn't have that Star Wars weight yet. Until Poe Dameron shoots at Kylo Ren, shoots a blaster. At Kylo Ren. Yep. He reaches out and stops the blaster. Yep. Uh, so there's this like blaster bolt just hanging in the sky with the lens flare. And I was like, that's the first what? lens flare. And that was like awesome. Yeah. And then they go and he, they have this moment where they're just kind of staring at each other, and Poe Dameron says. Now, who talks first? You talk or I talk? And I thought, well, that's not Star Wars, but it's hilarious. And right. this guy's the Han Solo. Yeah. And because uh, Han Solo was the closest to like an irreverent kind of voice in there. Yeah. Um, and so I just I just rewatched this 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 week. Yeah. And in the rewatch this week, um, I had really liked this movie. I gave this movie like a solid four stars, maybe four and a half. Yeah. It's probably better than I remembered it. Uh, like it, it was it's, better watching it this time. It's a better made movie. Uh, I think we, because of The Last Jedi, we all kind of forgot how we felt about it. Like, yeah. everyone was crazy in love with this movie right when it came out. And then they kind of, over time, people started to, like, sour on it. No one hated it, but they were all just like, ah, oh, it's a remake of A New Hope. And the thing that I love about it is that it take and, and if you look at all of the, the production uh, back behind the scenes stuff, they're constantly saying, we want to get back to what Star Wars is about. Yep. It's a, it was a real great code of saying, we want to distance ourselves from the prequels. Yeah. And this movie functions completely without 
the prequels could not have existed, and this movie would not need to change a single frame. Not even a bit. There's, only, there's one thing in Last Jedi, which we'll get to, that actually acknowledges that the prequels happened, but this movie does not. Yeah. Um, so I was on board with that. But w- the thing that I love, and the way that I think that it's so smartly done, is that it uses this sense that uh, it's a comment on Star Wars. Yeah. In that there are fans of Star Wars. There is this mythical legend of what Star Wars was from the main characters in this. Yeah. And so you get Finn and Ray, which some people saw, saw as critical, but this is this would be true to real life. If this thing had happened where these cast of characters changed the 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 fate of the universe, people would know about them. Yeah. And they would be mythological. They would know about the Millennium Falcon. They would or hear whisper hear stories of it. They would know about this guy named Han Solo. They wouldn't maybe know him from walking in the room. It's not like he walked in and they go, You're Han Solo. It's right. just he says, I'm Han Solo. And they're like, Han Solo, I've heard stories about you. We're yeah. looking for Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker, he's that guy. Like it would be like, We're looking for George Washington. George Washington, I know what he like, I've heard his name. Yep. He's the guy who did these amazing things. And so that the way in which Finn and Ray are able to reflect this new generation of people who grew up having Star Wars given to them yep. rather than growing up with the first run of it. So you have this the generational divide, uh, like the commentary on generations in this, in both of these movies. Oh, but yeah. Especially I, say, the, I would say it happens even more a so little in more in... in but, but you kind of need oh. both of them. So this one sets up the... And the interesting thing from a fandom standpoint is that people are like, ah, oh, the prequels are too different. And then they give you... Force Awakens, which is like beat for beat. Uh, you can see where they're like, now we do this, now we do this, now here's a cantina scene. Now, if you want to go through cynic, <laughs> How do you blow it up? Yeah, There's yeah, always yeah. a way to but do that. But also, that's what all of them, like that's what George Lucas did with writing the things with like, what's the, the it's the hero's journey. Yeah. Like beat for beat. We need this, we need this, we need this. So it's a classical archetype. So they're just still following that classical right. archetype, which is great. And I, I you know, to, to counter my own argument, to argue with myself actually, um, the one, the person that makes it not a new hope again is Finn. Yeah. And I contend that he's the most compelling character in this story. For as much he as is. everybody is he like. He is in the first one. He is. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the second the, the, one, one of the, he kind of loses One of the problems the with the second one is they don't know what to do with Finn. Right. Well, um, but that's part of it. So, like, Poe Dameron is Han Solo. I get it. Yeah. Uh, Ray is Luke Skywalker. But in I a different it. way. Right. So, Ray, uh, Ray and Kylo are very interesting in that because they have their analogs, but they're the, they're, a very huge divide on the other two. Yeah. Uh, but Finn does not have a... Yeah, he didn't fit. ...one-to-one corollary at, at, at the original trilogy. And I think is a compelling character. Like, I know I'm not evil. Yeah. I don't know how much I'm willing to go good. Like, yeah. I, it, I'm using I just, you guys I need to, to get, get away. away. Yeah. Uh, and he, he seemed, it's not, he's not a coward. No. He's just like, I've been in that, and I know that that's terrible, and I know you can't defeat it, Yeah, and I know we just need to get away, and I now care about you, so yep. you need to come with me. Yeah, And it, even, like, w- some interesting things, like, it made me ponder. Like, you know, Ray does the, and by the way, spoiler alert to all this, if you haven't seen any of these, why are you listening? What? Why, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, still listen if you haven't seen it. <laughs> sure, right. <laughs> but, no, don't, because uh, I'm going to ruin it for you. Yeah. But, like, Ray does the Jedi mind trick to Craig, or Daniel Craig. Uh, who's the stormtrooper? Oh yeah, by the way, scene. that's that's James Bond in that one scene. Yeah, yeah. So like, clearly, you know, are you being set up to believe that Ray is the Jedi in in training, the Jedi in waiting? But the scene when the Kylo Ren and Finn fight, and he picks up the lightsaber. Yeah, there's a piece of me that goes, "Is this guy? Yeah, the Je-? like, so there was enough of a difference. Yeah, it didn't. You didn't know exactly how it was going to end. Like right. that's the thing that was neat, and it, it like you assume that the maybe the 
space station is going to get blown up. But apart from that, um, I mean, it's the first one in the movie, so you know the good guys are probably going to win. Yeah. Um, but you aren't exactly sure how things are going to happen. I think if you knew anything about behind-the-scenes stuff, and here's the big spoiler, you probably knew that uh, Hansel was probably going to die. Yeah. Because he, really, he didn't want to come back for a Jedi. He definitely, I'm sure that he would have, if I'm coming back, I either need to have a major thing to do or I need to die. And it's it's also and just. it's both of those. Yeah. Like, he does kind of have a major thing to do. And his death, I think, is a great death. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, I, incidentally, when that came out, my kids were just born. It was 2015, right? Yeah. My kids were just born. Yeah. That scene when Han Solo reaches out and touches, touches Kylo, Ren's Kylo Ren's face. Oh, yeah. After he's just killed his father. I'm After si- be- being killed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm bawling my eyes out yeah. in the movie theater as a brand new dad going, I know what you mean. Yeah. Like, yeah, even yeah. if he killed me, I'd still, still love him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you get it from both sides because you got twins. Yeah. They're both oh, going to kill me. Yeah. They'll kill you. They'll be front and you'll get double sliced. I'll turn. Yeah. I got a, yeah, I got a wide wingspan. <laughs> both of you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> At the same time, what were the odds? I'm bifurcated now. <laughs> uh, but I think that the, the one thing I love, so- Ray is to me an incredibly compelling character. Yes. Even though she has that she's the hero's journey, she's the the Bilbo Baggins, the Luke Skywalker, the everything. Like she's, she's got a she's lost, she finds a purpose, blah blah blah. She's searching for a purpose which extends into Last Jedi. Ugh. Uh but her character I love right from the beginning that they set up this uh this strong woman character who is so she's not just a boy that's written or a girl that's written as a boy, which is kind of the typical screenwriting things are damsel in distress who then somehow gets a little bit of agency, which is kind of like, that's the princess Leia route where she's a damsel in distress who then does not need you. Yeah. Which is awesome, but still fits that typical archetype. Then there's the other thing, which is kind of the typical Disney animated movie Mulan thing where it's not even Mulan. I mean, Mulan, that's part of the story, but it's like whenever, or like mighty ducks kind of thing, wherever they have a girl who is basically, it could be a boy character. We just gave like it, we cast a girl in this role. So it's like the tomboy role Yep. where it's like, Oh yeah, we have a female protagonist. We're really like, it could be, or the female, like secondary protagonist where they're the, the friend of the the thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, like the, again, like uh, any female character in a movie, like the Mighty Ducks or the Sandlot or something like like where they're just like token girl. Yeah, but has a role to play, and she kind of subverts your expectations. That's not Ray. No, Ray comes up, and I love the first time that Finn and Ray meet. Finn is trying to be the hero, and Ray keeps saying, "Why are you doing?" Like she, he's <laughs> Stop like, "Stop holding yeah, my he hand." Yeah, he grabs her hand. He's like, "Come with me." She's like, "Why are you holding my hand?" And right, he goes to save her, and because uh, she's being attacked by these thugs, and she defeats them in ways that Finn certainly could not have. And he's in yeah. the look on his face like, huh? And then BB eight's like, that's the guy who killed like he's got, <laughs> he's got Poe's jacket. And then yeah. she starts running at him with this fury. That's like really scary. Yeah. And then she like hits him with a stick and knocks him on the ground. And then he keeps trying to rescue her. And she's basically keeps saying, I do not need you to rescue me. No. And then, it, and then at the end, uh, like they get blown up. I mean, there's like an explosion and then they both get knocked down. She gets up first and checks on him. And she's like, Finn, wake up. And he just comes up and says, are you okay? And she looks at him like, yeah, yeah, of course I'm okay. <laughs> I'm rescuing you. And at then she, she takes offers his, his her, uh, her hand to him. Yeah. Like now just deal with it, dude. I'm rescuing you. Yeah. And that like, she's this compelling character. I also love something that I, they didn't really capital. Like it, it seemed like a theme that was going to come back that didn't come back in last Jedi. So I'm really looking for it. Is that constantly people are like, who is this girl? Yeah. 
like everyone keeps being and every time somebody asks that question it cuts to it cuts away so like snoke would be like who's that girl kylo's like who's the girl um maz kanata is like who's this girl yeah even han solo is like who's this girl like there was i feel like there were conversations going on after the scene about something more about her well and we'll get to this we're going to turn to last jedi in a minute which uh, a lot of people have a lot of problems with you and i have fewer problems with yeah but i still have a problem with feel like they were taking Rey somewhere different in The Force Awakens than she wound up going in Last Jedi. In rewatching The the Force Awakens, yeah. it uh, because I've seen The Last Jedi a bunch since then. Uh, I love The Force Awakens. I saw that multiple times in the theater. I've seen it a bunch since then, but I hadn't watched it in probably three years. Yeah. And I just rewatched it this week, and I remember like, oh, yes, they had what felt like a very clear thing, and not in a way that I was uh, upset with. I was yeah. like, yes, I know where this is going, and I'm excited to go there. I mean, I know at least kind of larger story. I don't know what the individual beats are going to be, but this will be cool to find out how Ray is this new something important. Yeah. And the last Jedi, wh- what I think is a, a fantastic. So two more years happen. Rogue Boy, One. Hang on. Okay. Because one of my favorite scenes yeah, yeah. that they, and this again is going to be my, my Katrick of last Jedi a little bit that, that JJ Abrams opened some boxes that, that Ryan Johnson has no interest in. Or no, J.J. Abrams sets them out, the boxes out, and Ryan Johnson's like... Just blows those boxes up. Yeah, whatever. It's like, throws I them don't out. need this. Yeah. But there's a scene where the 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 commander of the... Uh, Hux. No, the uh, low-level guy who knows he's going to get killed for reporting bad news to yeah, Kylo yeah, Ren yeah. Yeah. Oh, comes yeah. and says, the droid got stolen by the, the deserter yeah. on a ship, and Kylo freaks out yeah. at the computers, but then clearly becomes okay with it yeah. and says, anything else? Yeah. And this guy says they were with a girl. girl. And Kylo snaps. Yeah. What girl? And to the reaches her hand, and the guy like flies across the room. First of all, so cool. Where his feet are dragging (laughs) on the ground. Oh, (laughs) that's an amazing effect. But you almost got the sense that Kylo Ren knew who the girl was. Yes. And it was like, wait a minute. Well, and I'm kind of satisfied that J.J. Abrams is directing the third one because I feel like whatever, if he was really in love with any ideas that he's going to not, he's going to bring them back. Yep. And I know that he really liked the Ryan Johnson movie. So he wasn't like, Oh, they screwed right. up. And he, he didn't come back to fix it. He came back, I think because they had somebody else in mind and then that yeah. wasn't, um, it, it, his return is not a critique of Ryan. No, Johnson. No, 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 not at all. Um, and one thing that we didn't talk about that I'm glad that you brought that up that I love Kylo Ren because he is the opposite <gasps> of Darth Vader. Yeah. And in a, in a sense that you alluded to a little bit last week that he is what I think they were trying to do yep. w- with Anakin Skywalker. hundred percent. If Anakin Skywalker had been uh, Adam Driver or oh. Kylo Ren, like that's compelling. I, I am interested it. in this guy. I and get it. The the fact that he has this power, but he has, uh, as I said, one of the most interesting things about Darth Vader is that apart from that one scene, he never gets angry, and that's way scarier than someone who do, who get who can't keep their temper. And f- to have a Jedi who has this amount of power, immense power but is just filled with this un- unspeakable rage. Yep. And so he can't control his power. And I love that his his lightsaber is like a little fire. Yeah. And it's like it looks like it's going to explode at any moment. Like yep. the, the blade part of it is not solid. Like it's it's real jittery and like yep. sparking all the time. And it looks like it's just barely contained. And yep. that's how Kylo Ren it. And he has this put together look, which I love that they keep commenting on where uh, he they come in like you dress up in this mask, but really you're under. And Snoke really mocks him in the next movie where he's like, take yeah. off that ridiculous thing. Yeah. Um, but that the idea of, of this villain 
who is trying to clearly emulate Darth Vader. It's the same thing, like where he is trying to live up to the expectation of someone who has this power, who he sees as someone who was corrupted by um, not having enough side. faith, yeah, by yeah. the light side, and he doesn't want to be that. And that makes that scene between he and Han so compelling that he is trying to be, to, for the greater good, again, that's what they're trying to do with Anakin, yeah. for the sense of getting ultimate power, he needs to cleanse himself of any kind of compassion. Yeah. And he struggles with it because he ultimately is good inside him, but it's the opposite of what Luke did to Han Solo, or to uh, to Anakin in, in Jedi, yeah. is that he's trying to get rid of the last bit of light, not because he's trying to become evil, he's trying to become powerful. Yes. And the, he can't be powerful if he doesn't get rid of this compassion that he would have for the enemy or for whoever. Which. And so he needs to cleanse it by doing this active thing of killing his father, yeah. patricide. And so that's when he says thank you when he kills Han Solo, which is, oh. So, two years pass? Uh, Rogue One comes out in between. Rogue we'll One. We'll talk about that later. Oh, man. It's a it's a beautiful mess that lands on its feet somehow. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. But that's exciting. And it's a solid year. Uh, Rogue One. And it, it's enough to make us still excited. Yes. And we've had 12 months. Now we got 12 months for this next one. Last Jedi comes out. It gets pre, the pre-reviews are unreal. People are like, 100%. Yeah. This movie is amazing. So the expectations are mega high. high. Ryan Johnson comes out. Most people don't know who he is. And so people are like, huh? Uh, no one knew who Gareth Edwards was, who had only directed. Um, he did Rogue One. He had only done Godzilla, really, before that. Yeah. Ryan Johnson has done Brick that nobody saw. No. Nope. Fantastic movie. I highly recommend it. He did a movie called The Brothers Bloom, which less people saw. Uh, then <laughs> Fewer he did, people. Then he did a movie called Looper. Oh which yeah, a bunch of people saw, but not. It was like a sleeper hit. Yeah, that was uh, Bruce Willis. Bruce and, Willis and uh, uh, Joe Love. Yep, Joseph Gordon Levitt, <laughs> JGL, uh, <laughs> uh, the kid from The Rock from the Sun. Yeah, and Ten and, Things I Hate About You, and Batman. And, oh yeah, he's Robin and Batman. Oh, spoiler. <laughs> uh, and his name is Robin. He's not actually Robin. Yeah. Um. So he, uh, Ryan Johnson's picked, and I remember thinking like, oh, that's interesting. I would not have pegged Ryan Johnson as the guy to helm this, but I like I like the Ryan Johnson movies that I've seen. I'm a really big fan of him. Had no earthly idea who he was. Yeah, and uh, so and I feel like Ryan Johnson either had a, I mean, I think he had a plan to begin with, but then he also came back and just like, oh, you, you okay. were we're going to do something completely different. Yeah. And the one thing that I love about Last Jedi is that we all kind of knew, okay, Snoke's the Emperor. Yep. Uh, Kylo Ren's the Darth Vader. Ray is the Luke. We're all gonna they're related in some way, somehow. Like yep. it's gonna be Luke's daughter or something like that. And immediately we get this scene with Luke. And you are expecting like, oh, he's gonna be the new Yoda. Yep. And nope, he doesn't care. And, and literally it's, chucks the it's lightsaber not behind satisfying, him. but it's true yeah. to what's going on. And so then uh, all of the major plot points halfway through the movie are eliminated. And there's still an hour left in this movie. I, and we're like, what? I thought that was amazing. The people that I saw it with were less enthused by it. Oh. Like, they're even like immediate review, the, even though it got rave reviews, people immediately were like, it's too different. And that's, you know, there are some legitimate critiques of Last Jedi. Again, mm -hmm. I think uh, I wish Ryan Johnson had played a little more with some of the sandbox that J.J. That Abrams set up. Yeah. The uh, Leia. The Leia stuff was clearly compromised by the fact that she died. Right. Uh, and they were. I think that uh, what what I heard largely is that she doesn't have as much to do in this one because they were setting up the first movie's Han's movie. Yeah. This movie's Luke's movie. The third movie was going to be all the heavy lifting on Leia, 
and she didn't film any of it. Yeah. So they had to completely re redo what that story was going to be. Yeah. Uh, they have used her from stuff that they filmed in Force Awakens. So yeah. all of, she's in this new movie, but only with stuff that was filmed in in 2015. Yeah. But like the, the the Leia Mary Poppins bit <laughs> when she's floating through space. Okay, it makes sense from a logical standpoint, but you didn't need it. You don't need yeah. that. Um, then Laura Dern's character comes in, and uh, she's the the purple haired. Uh, Ready for an evening out. <laughs> that was a, that was another uh, critique I had. Yes, yeah. they introduced this totally kick butt character, yeah. and they and, kill her off immediately. And you don't, but you also don't really like her for the almost the full running time of it because she's she's a, a stick in the mud, opposing Poe, doesn't tell Poe the plan for whatever reason. But one, yeah. he doesn't need to know it. I mean, no. that's kind of, and he's being a jerk about it. So I can understand it, but it would have been a whole lot simpler had he known about it. Um, but they didn't know that. Princess Leia was going to die, that Carrie Fisher was going to die. Think of what, how that, so the scene where Laura Dern sacrifices herself for the fleet and the way the use, the sound design in that, in that. So oh. she, she does a hyperspeed launch at the Imperial fleet and destroys the whole fleet. And it's incredibly compelling and it's silent. The explosion, like it was one of the m- most uh, exciting and chilling experiences that I've had in the theater. I did not go, Hoo-hoo! Like, <laughs> but it's the kind of thing I would have. And the whole theater is like, what? Like, and there's a solid probably three one thousand count of silence in a yeah. movie theater where you're not used to that kind of thing. And everyone's right. like, what? And it so was dead silent. Had they known, again, the, I mean, it's a ridiculous thing to know. But I think if they could go back, the one thing that they could have changed is have everything that 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 Holdo's character does have be Leia. Leia. Too. Yeah. Because then one, it would have been really challenging to have Poe be like going against Leia. We'd be like, wait, I don't know what who to support because Leia's making these choices that don't make any sense. And I'm on Poe's side, but I also love Leia. Why is she right. doing this? And then you find out, oh, this is why she's doing it. And when she had sacrificed herself, you would say, No, I know what she's doing. You can't do that. And then she does that and you're like, like what a what a death that would be. And oh. it's a great death for Holda, but Holda's a it character a better... you don't really care about. Yeah. It's like um Mad Eye Moody, Moody in the fourth book when you find out the whole time it was Barty Crouch, yeah, spoiling Harry Potter for you all of a wow. sudden. So many spoilers. Uh, the, uh, but that it kind of Sully's like, oh, I guess I don't really know who Mad Eye Moody is. Uh, right. Oh, I, 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 I wish I had known that Holdo was this compelling, like benevolent character. But for the sake of the movie, I, I, that's not a critique in the movie. It's just kind of no, it's just like, a weird. It, this this impact, which had a great impact in the movie, could have been epic had that been Leia that made that sacrifice. Yeah, the one thing that it. it as we said before, this movie doesn't really know what to do with uh, with Finn. Nope. Which is a shame. I love the character of Rose. Yes. I love her introduction. I think it's great. I love that she starts as this person who is who is mourning, who is weak, who is sad, who Finn comes in and comforts like he's like, again, trying to be the hero and the chivalrous one and is like, I'm going to rescue you. And then as soon as she figures out that he's abandoning ship, she like takes control and she zaps him, and the look on her face when she shocks him, it, like, is awesome. Yep. Uh, and she ties him up and everything. Like, that, she is a great character. Yeah. That uh, because that side story doesn't work incredibly well, um, her character becomes more superfluous. Right. Um, but I do think she's a great character, and I really hope that she has, she's not really in any of the trailers for the new one, but I, I know She's that present. She, yeah, she's yeah. there. So I hope oh, her character has some has some good stuff to do. I do like so they get captured. They that plot's a little interesting and and whatever. Uh, yeah. It feels um, the whole thing feels more Harry Potter to me than than Star Wars, which is not a critique on Harry Potter. It's just it doesn't feel like it belongs in this movie. No, um, 
but I do love I love the uh, Benicio del, del Toro character. Yeah, who I feel like is playing Benicio del Toro. <laughs> he yeah, is, he is a weirdo. With a stutter. His weird stutter. He he makes all the weird choices. Yeah, the, that Benicio del Toro. I wonder I li- if we're done with him. I wonder if he's I coming back. I, I mean, yeah. it'd be interesting if we aren't. Right. I would love it if we aren't. It would be interesting if we are. There's His moral ambiguity, uh, because he's above it, he can see, like, this is, the good guys and bad guys are just arbitrary. It just depends on which side you're on. And that's, I kind of wish, you know, again, there I have minor critiques with this one. Overall, I think this is one of the strongest Star Wars movies of any I currently of the rank eight. it number three. Yeah. At, uh, behind uh, Jedi and A New Hope. I, I, I Not Jedi, behind Empire and I, A New Hope. Yeah. I think uh, that his social commentary would have been better absent the what felt very forced rich versus poor social yeah, commentary. Yeah, yeah. That that one was just like, yeah, you turn, you, t- you I think you take, you could take 15 minutes out of this movie and it would be a better movie. Yep. And most of that needs to come from the let's set all these um, animals antelopes free. free. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and which is not a problem, but it, again, no. it feels like a Harry Potter plot. Yeah, like it it's just, it could have been better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think the moment for me, that movie solidified itself for me. And this is why some people hate it, but I'm okay with why they hate it, is because they were telling you the whole way through the first half of the movie, things aren't always the way that you think they're going to go. Yeah. And it's the moment Snoke gets sliced in half. Oh, that, I love that. That scene is incredible. That I, in the theater, gasped. Yeah. I was like, oh, no, this is not Empire Strikes Back. No, it's this not. This is something else. And you also realize, like, oh, wait, that's Jedi, this scene. Yeah. Where he's, like, and we're, like, he's saying, like, look at your friends. They're all getting destroyed. And you realize yeah. this scene is straight out of the last, like, he just skipped over Empire and went straight to Jedi. Yeah. We're now having a space battle where he's, she's trying to tell, uh, Snoke, is te- Snoke is the Emperor telling Luke that, you need to turn over the dark side. You look at how futile your attempts at there. And and here's this apprentice here in this room. Yep. And I'm going to make you guys fight each other. And instead of Luke being the savior, then Kylo Ren has to. And then they fight together. And you're like, what is happening? Yep. This movie makes no sense. And there's an hour left. I love this so much. Yeah. Um, I didn't know. I didn't want to know what was going on. But also, so then the movie ends. I have no idea what's going to happen. Well, now, and that's which is oh, the most exciting and terrifying thing. It's so true because yes. that's I, where where this all has led. Well, first of all, to to finish up a thread here, one of my favorite parts about the ending of Last uh, Jedi is this unhinged, fiery Kylo Ren yes. who is just barely in control of his emotions, oh, even less so than before. Is now the supreme leader of yeah. this huge yeah, galactic, yeah. and that whole last scene. And and also the cl- he almost got close to redemption through Ray and now he's even further away from it yeah. because that did not work and because he was his his saying to her like let's just blow it all up let's blow up both sides and we can start something new together yeah is compelling yeah yeah this whole se- and and it's kind of what Benicio del Toro like it's what everybody's learning is that good guys are not good guys if they have to use war to get their good yeah like the, I mean which is a it's an oversimplified statement, but ultimately wars will still happen if we use war to gain power. Yep. Rather where that power is to be used for good or for bad. So let's just blow the whole system up yep. and then start something new. Uh, he's not, he's making an argument that is better than most bad guys arguments. are. So true. Yeah. And then that whole scene uh, on the uh, salty planet, that the the cinematography in that oh my gosh. is, and the set design, like the whole, the, the visuals in this movie are so beautiful. Yeah, that whole the 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 idea of of a of a white planet 
that is red underneath so that uh, the more it fight and the way they have those planes where they have the fin that needs to kind of be on the ground and it cuts through it yeah it's so beautiful i could just watch like i could have that as a screensaver yeah it's so uh, beautiful but the, to watch the faces of these commanders in the shuttle as kylo ren is trying to lead an army yeah with unhinged emotions yeah and you're watching them all go he's not okay yeah and he's our guy to compare universes when infinity war happened i could sit and, and you know the character the big the good guys lost and you know there's another one coming i could guess like four or five different oh i bet it could end this way and i bet it could end this way and i yeah. bet it could end this way and and one of those it turned out to be true and end game kind of ended the way i thought it would end yeah i have no freaking clue what's coming in this next movie yeah I can't propose a way forward. Yeah. Up to, and that only got worse when the trailers for the new one came out. The Rise of Skywalker yeah. is coming. Yeah. And the freaking Emperor's back. Yeah. Like, what? I, I'm i scared of that from a what's a good movie perspective. Yeah, yeah. I don't want it to be about Anakin Skywalker. That story's already resolved. Don't make it about Anakin Skywalker. But I just don't know. The, so these first two movies, um, I think are incredibly important and incredibly well done, even though there's the kind of uh, a disparate nature between the two um, that they still are kind of guiding us. And that we, we get the setup in the first one that really pays off in the second one. Yep. And uh, I think the third one can really culminate that in an interesting way that the first one sets up this generational divide of mm -hmm. like, we've got these young people who have uh, this young generation who um, has ex energy and optimism and even the fear that Finn has is still like, I, we need to do something. Yeah. Uh, and we have this older generation of Han Solo who's just kind of given up. Yep. And like we saved the universe and what good did it do? And now we've given up. And then we go into this next one and Luke is so much that. Oh. So one of the things that to me, why I love Last Jedi is the commentary that it has on us for um, generational divide, Ugh. especially within the church. That conversation between Luke and Yoda. Oh man, I want yes. to like yeah. frame it in my office. So we have Luke's guy, and I know a lot of people were really mad at how Luke Skywalker is characterized, but he that is so true to reality yep. that we have a generation of people who did all they could to save the universe, and they felt like they did, but then the universe keeps going. Yep, that's the. Th it's almost like the second act of Into the Woods to get back to our theater <laughs> thing, where it's like, what happens after the happily ever after? After you've saved the universe the universe still exists and evil is still going to come back. And so yep. what do you do? And that Luke is representative of the boomers <laughs> in that is like, look okay, what we boomer. did. And then when bad stuff happened, like, Oh, I didn't fix it all. And more evil is there. And this person could go either way. And I unleash this. Ugh, I guess I'll just kind of like result. Like, I'm sorry to any boomers who are listening. You guys can still be great. But just because you did something great once doesn't mean you got to right. ride on that forever. Just because you yep. made a new hope doesn't mean that you can make whatever you can make the prequels and just get away with it. No, no, um, no. <laughs> yeah, can't take your hand off the wheel. <laughs> and you know? so, and there's a new generation of people who have this energy, and the boomers, the the, <laughs> the older <laughs> are coming in and saying, "No, we tried that. It won't work." So Luke becomes this incredibly cynical, not very sympathetic character, but a very true character yep. of saying like. We failed, so why even try? And Ray coming in with this idealism of the millennials, the covenant yep. said, well, we don't have to do it that way, and we have to try. And guess what? If you're not going to do anything, and I really want you to, I'm still going to go save the universe. Yep. So screw you, old man. I'm going. 
and don't take don't say that I didn't ask for your help and don't say that I didn't give you a chance to try but you were so cynical that you said we've already done that and there's just nothing we can do now other than just protect ourselves and try to segregate ourselves and, and keep everything away and the church is constantly doing that like the whole Yoda scene where he's like the sacred texts and I love that Yoda just blows it up he's like yeah. you know what you weren't even reading those anyway <laughs> were because, they compelling yeah, reads yeah. yeah and and also look what they made you do just live your life on an island that's not what they were there for right and so I love that Yoda came back I love that he was a real puppet I love the Yoda scene everything about that scene made me so happy and it's 100% speaking about the church yeah just saying there are these young people who have energy who want to do something good don't come in and tell them that they're wrong just because you've already done it and it didn't work yeah yeah, it doesn't work forever. You need to keep getting young people to have these energy, this energy to say, hey, what if we did something new? And you can say, well, we did something new 30 years ago. So I don't know, and it didn't work. Yeah. So, Or we did something new 30 years ago, and this is the way that I like it. So please don't change things. What's the line Yoda said? They are what we... Oh, they outgrow. The hardest part about being a master, being a teacher, is that they outgrow like what we can teach them, basically. Yeah. Uh, it, which is so true to all teachers that yeah. if you, it, unless you're doing that, unless the people you're teaching become smarter than you or, or surpass what you're able to teach them, then you're not a good teacher you're doing it. wrong. And that's the, that the hardest part about being a teacher, by being a, a master in the sense is that they will outgrow you. Yeah. And that's okay. And that's not what you okay, That's to be it's celebrated essential, and it's yeah. essential and that's the goal. And so don't get mad when that happens. Right. And especially in the church that we have so many people in the church who are saying, we need to be this. We need to go back to what we were, which is kind of what Luke's doing in that thing. Hey. And really, and then there's all these young people who have energy who's like, no, we want to do something good, but we don't have any interest in that. Right. And we don't have to be that. And that thing is failing. And just because it worked 30 years ago doesn't mean it, it's going to work now. So don't act like, well, that won't work. So let's not try because of course that won't work, but we still need to try. And so, these young people are like the church is saying, well, no, uh, we're not going to do that. And so the young people are saying, fine, we're going to go change the world on our own. My goodness. And we don't need the church to help us do that. I mean, again, I, 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 I watched this movie with Pastor Eyes. You can't help it. There's a scene right before the Yoda scene where Luke and Ray fight. Yeah. And, and the movie begins with her handing him the lightsaber as if to say, teach me. Yeah. Or like save us yeah. because you did it before. And then later on through the movie, they're fighting in the rain, and she beats him. Oh, yeah. Like, straight up beats him. And then her response to it is to pull out the lightsaber and try and hand it to him again. Yeah. And say, look, I can beat you. I am better than you. But I still want you to help. I still want you to be part of this. I'm still still inviting you into it. There's room for you in this new place. And he doesn't take it. And I like that. That to me again was just like, sounds like the church. My gosh. Yeah. Oh man. Like it's again, the people that are upset about, I think the last Jedi are upset that it isn't empire strikes back. Yeah. Which I think is hilarious. Yeah. Um, because I think he took it in such a beautiful place. And it's so true to where we are right now that we have a generation of heroes that like being celebrated as heroes rightly or wrongly, that's not to undercut what they did, but that you can't save the world one time and have it be saved. Yeah. And so, and then when the world starts falling apart, then they get mad at the younger generation. who's like, we saved this thing and you let it fall apart. Yeah. And that's what like Luke goes into, into, uh, into exile because of the younger generation scaring him yep. from their power, being more powerful than him yep. and having a power that he didn't understand. And so then he left and then, the coming back, the, the the sacrifice that he comes back. One, that battle scene is so great. There's so many little allusions to it. Like he says at the beginning, like, what do you want me to do? 
go out with a laser sword against the whole first order, which is exactly what he does yep. in the end scene. It's so <laughs> like the what said is a throwaway joke. The writing in this movie is so great. Take aside from the Harry Potter land, yeah, uh, and that like again, it speaks to yes, what maybe what you can do for us older generations, and I include myself in that now. Like I, as mm-hmm. I said before, that I th- I'm realizing that what the church is going to become is not going to be led by me, right? And right now. I have an agency and a power in the church that I didn't have when I was younger. And I can use that either the way that it was used before to, to sit on the throne and do like ha- have things be the way that I want to be. And then tell the younger kids, wait, like I had to. Yeah. And then one day you'll oh. get to sit in the throne and take a, and and you'll be the steward of this thing that has been handed on to me. Yeah. And I'm just going to get the seat the way that I like it right now. Or I can say, you know what? I don't think I have the energy to do what needs to be done in the church but I do have the energy and the ears to you. hear other people. Yeah. So I and and you're going to bring me along. It's not like I'm going to be overlooked. Like I have a place in this. It may not be in the pa- in the driver's seat, but that the church you needs want that anyway. The church yeah. shouldn't just be fueled by young people, but it needs to be have room for everybody. Yeah. And if older people aren't going to are just going to say, "Ah, we tried it, it didn't work." Then the young people are going to go do it outside of the church. Yeah. They're going to be the body of Christ outside of organized religion and that's what's happening right now and yeah. it's not that people don't have compassion it's not that younger people are not interested in spirituality it's just they're not interested in maintaining an institution that has that is dying right that needs to be uh foisted up like the old republic like um if the system isn't working that doesn't mean that god is bad it just means our this human made construct is antiquated and specific to a certain generation that has no role in a world that is changing faster than anyone can can even imagine now. Yeah. Oh, I was watching the impeachment uh, hearings last night. Oh, in America? Yes. Oh, okay. In case you were living under a rock, there's this impeachment hearing going on, and I haven't been paying attention to like the impeachment inquiry, please. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was watching a hearing, like yeah, yeah, a yeah. public oh, hearing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and there was a Republican uh, congressman from wherever. Just uh, he, if he was a day under seventy. I'd be shocked. Yeah. And I went, wow, that's a crotchety old man. The Republicans sure have a lot of those. And then he finished his time, and the chairman said, okay, well, the gentleman from blah, 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 stand up. And a Democrat, who was maybe a day or two over 70, yeah. starts crotchety old manning on the other side. Yeah. And I went, oh, so the problem is our leaders are all – and look at the average age of Congress. Look at the yeah. average age of our leadership. Like, it is just – an old man's game. Well, and every right once now. in a while, you'll get a younger voice come in there and just like hit him with the facts, and hit him with the facts, hit him with the facts, and then it goes it. back to the old man's like, well, and they just don't even address it. Yeah, like the economy is great, and look at all this. It's like that's not what are you talking about? That's not even what this is about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I mean that that's a piece of it too. And I, I think you know my favorite thing that you and I do together is the podcast. My favorite thing that we used to do together. My second favorite thing you just rolled off, but the the work we do in training oh, up yeah. the next generation of pastors Committee, to commission in. for preparation on ministry. Um, we did it. We, 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 as a commission decided a little while ago to make a move to make it a little easier, not dramatically, but a little easier to get through the process. Yeah. I've never been prouder. Like we got, we make, got rid of a step that was just theater. Yeah. To make old people feel happy about themselves because 100%. they could ask these hard questions that were asked of them at a time where it doesn't matter. No. Like uh, the people who, this is people who are almost ready. Like it's 
you're you've passed the bar effectively yeah. to become a lawyer, but you've passed all the tests and all of the things, a multi-year process to become ready to be ordained as a minister. And this last step is you get examined on this on the floor of presbytery, which means anyone can stand up and ask you any question. But in the history of Pittsburgh Presbytery, we look back at it, zero people have not passed. Yeah. No matter how or they answer had those a questions. No vote. Yeah. No one has has been voted down at that step in the process. And so we realized well, then why do we have that step in the yep. process? It's just to make people feel proud about themselves. Like, well, I was asked these questions, so let's get the... And we're oversimplifying it. There is some benefit to it. Sure. There is some... Like, you get to know people, but it's not helpful. Yeah. Other than... Like, you don't have to do it that way. There are other ways to accomplish those things in more helpful ways. Yeah. And the commission is there specifically to do everything to make sure that people who shouldn't be pastors don't get through or right. people who aren't ready for it don't get through yet. Right. Like it's a, it's a gatekeeper process that's not meant to keep people up, but it's to make people prepared. Yeah. And so no one gets to that process. No one should get to that point in the process. If they have, without, we failed. Yeah. yeah. And that it's not going to be solved in a 20, 30, 40 minute question and answer no. session. No. So but, we got rid of that process. To be on the ground and saying that this is the next generation of pastors to come through. Like there were some young pastors who came up the last meeting we had that I was just like, oh my gosh, if this person's in charge of the church, we're in good hands. Yeah. Um, that's exciting for me. And yeah. to, to, to say that is to recognize that I will not be driving much longer if I've even been driving at all. Yeah. You know, to make room for somebody else and say, come on, show me how you want to do this. Yeah. I think it's just a beautiful thing to do. Well, and it's it, in that sense, I mean, that leadership, it's not to say that we won't have leadership in the church, but that we don't no, have to be right. the, no, we, the, we have a system right now that y there are primary voices and there are secondary voices and everybody takes their turn Yeah, and you earn your spot. And I mean, that's how our culture is designed and that's not a great culture. No. And that we are starting to realize, uh, we not, we, the, we, the world, not we, Jason and Tyler. Right. Uh, but that it's okay. Me giving you a voice doesn't mean that I have that my voice is not there either. No. But we're so afraid of losing a voice, and this is a, a lot of what's happening with people of color right now. That that the people who've been have the primary voice, the white population in America, uh, whether you've forced it or not, that's that's been. I mean, most people on TV are white. That's not reflective of the generation. Most of, almost exclusively, all of our presidents, except for one, have been white men. Yeah. Like the, that's just the way that white men have had a had a louder voice, had a, had a more prominent voice in our country since its inception yeah. and in the history of Western society. So for more people who are not white men to have voices of power is not a threat to white men. No, it's not. It a does zero mean that we game. don't have the only access to the microphone. Right. So yes, we're going to not have unfettered access to voices of leadership, but it doesn't mean that white men have no voice now. Right. Like that, that, the, the part of being in community means that other voices have as much of importance as yours, even if they are completely different than yours, even if they're uh, of a different generation, that it that all wisdom is not gained through experience or through being older. Yeah. Uh, getting older has made me realize that more than anything is that just because I've been around longer, like I do have some experience, which has really been really helpful that yeah. it, that can be shared. But me being around longer doesn't mean that I'm the smartest person in the room. It doesn't mean that I have the best wisdom on any given topic. There are many topics that I've started to realize like, oh, I have no idea what's going on. And so it's really important for me uh, to acknowledge that I don't know what I'm talking about with this and to seek out people who have a better understanding. of That will help me to become a better person is to hear other voices. And any church, any organization, any community that's going to be strong in the future has to acknowledge 
that we are better when we have diversity. We are better when we have a multiplicity of voices. We, the song is always better in harmony than yes. it is when it's in unison. Yes. So on that note, if you disagreed with anything we said today, maybe call in. We'll give you an addendum episode. Hey, to, uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. We're always happy to hand over the microphone. My Twitter question is just respond to all of that. Uh, yeah. What What is your thoughts on the new trilogy? Uh, if you didn't like The Last Jedi, because I know, again, some of our of people didn't. Yeah. really didn't, yeah. uh, feel free to engage with, with us on that uh, yeah. and tell us why you didn't like it. Um, Even in the, I mean, like we both said, we rank it among our top thing, and we spent a significant amount of time talking about how we didn't like that one part of the movie and how yeah. it's flawed. Like, I mean, there are the things that could be wrong with it. It yeah. is not flawless, no, but it is. Yeah, no. yeah, no. Uh, if you're going, if you're going to listen back to episodes uh, and and the ride the blue tick uh, hashtag, I want to just caution no, you. Ride the tick cow. Yes, surfing, that was it. Surfing the tick. Surfing the tick cow. T i c k cow. Right. I want to be very clear <laughs> how we're spelling that. Yeah. Somebody missed. <laughs> The, uh, I don't remember yeah. who, so I'm not going to embarrass anybody. It's Mike anybody. Renzel. He went to yeah. seminary with it. He's a great guy. Uh, but just be he mindful. immediately fixed it. Yeah. It's be not, mindful it's not of a the palindrome. Let's just say yeah. that. It's not a palindrome. <laughs> the word tick. Uh, it's, it's got a CK at the end of it. Yeah. Just be, be careful with that. Oh, good grief. All right. Well, uh, uh, thank you, everybody. Uh, yeah. And please engage us because we really, we, that's the whole point. If we have not proven it by now, we want to respond. We want to we want to hear responses. We want this to be an interactive thing. Yeah. That's the best part about podcasts is that I, I know from many of you and myself, when I'm listening to podcasts, I will sometimes verbally respond in the car to the podcast <laughs> I'm listening to. If you're having that re- verbal response, send it to us. Either yep. you can do it by Twitter. You can do it by direct message. You can do it uh, by any way. I mean, engage I with take us about a carrier this. Pitch. Yeah. Hey, I mean, if you live locally, you see us, you can chat with us about it. I've had lots of good conversations. With if, if you spin around three times wherever you are, spit on the ground and say the word abracadabra, Bartleby will appear. And you can then oh, yeah. have I him do, deliver. A I message. didn't want to talk. Bartleby's been—he's uh, recovering, but he's been in—he's been in the hospital for a little bit. We didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was non. It was uh, nothing. Which nothing is so too big. harsh because they tried to give him a gown, and we were like, "No, you yeah, can't, they, they, yeah, you can't, you can't do that." We had to take him to a special hospital. <laughs> it, was a, it, was a, it was a clinic. Uh, yeah, he'll be okay. I know that some people have been worried. He'll be, he'll come he'll back here fine. pretty soon he'll once we fine. once we get our schedule figured out. <laughs> But until we get that schedule figured out, I've been Jay. I've been Tyler. And this has been... Oh, hey! There he is. What are you doing out of bed? Glad, right, glad you're here, buddy. Well, I'm so glad. You, yeah, you're going to r- rip your stitches. Go back. Put yeah. that cone back around your neck and go <laughs> make us some biscuits. and then Mop, mop the floor on <laughs> your yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. thank you. All right. Well, I've been Tyler. I've been Jay. And this has been Roughing the the Passer. Passer.